Well, Crave, we're kicking off our series, Wipeouts. My question to you is, have you ever wiped out? Like, not slipped and stumbled a little bit, full on just ate it. Show of hands. Okay, many of us in this room. You probably remember that moment with, with a lot of clarity. For me, it was my freshman year at North Greenville. I was coming down the steps in the admin building. I used to do this thing where I wouldn't tie my shoes because I was way too cool to tie my shoes, apparently. And uh, I just, I, I went off the step a little funny. My shoe went one way. My body went, I mean, Jason said to this to me earlier, scorpion. Do you guys know what a scorpion is where your legs come like over your head? That was me. I mean, I was flipping and tumbling. I lost everything. And I land at the bottom. And the first thing is, like, is anything broken? And no, except my pride. And then the next question when you wipe out is, did anybody see that, right? And I turn and look to my left, and this whole wall is glass, and there's this really cute girl that I had seen around campus. Of, co- of course she was coming through right then. And she's just looking at me like, oh, you poor sweet baby. And so I knew that was never happening because um, she just saw me at my lowest, and it was super, super embarrassing. But beyond wiping out, down some stairs or down a hill. The reality is we can wipe out in a lot of different ways just in life. And over the next three weeks, we're going to talk about what I think are three of the most common ways. And I honestly believe that tonight might be one of the most helpful things you could possibly hear at your age. But before we dive in fully, I want you to take a look at our theme verses for this series. Started trying to add those. We'll put them on the screen for you. It's Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. Lamentations is probably not a book you read regularly, but I love these verses. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. If right now you feel like you have messed up beyond like recovery, you've wiped out, you feel like there's no way you can bounce back, these verses should give you so much hope. Every day is a chance to start over. Every day is a fresh start with God. So there's a lot of us in this room. We're coming from a lot of different situations, maybe a lot of hurts, maybe a lot of hang-ups, some bad habits. I just want you to know every day you can start over in Jesus. And if you've never done that for the first time, I really want to encourage you to think about that tonight. As we get into this first way that we wipe out, I want to illustrate it with a video clip. I love football. Most of you know that about me. This is from a Thursday night football game last season, and all that means is it's the only game on, meaning anybody in the country who's watching a football game is watching this game. Check out this clip. From the 12, Jones keeps, gets a block, takes off, and he is gone. Trying to stay upright, he trips. (laughs) Absolutely all alone, and he trips going to the end zone and ends up carrying it as it is for 80. But a walk-in touchdown, and he tripped himself. He's reading Brandon Graham out there, and then he takes it, and once he does and pulls it, there's just nobody left. Even Evan Ingram is out there blocking, and this is the only way he doesn't score. (laughs) Somebody said, oh, yeah, you, you should say, oh, that man had nothing but real estate in front of him, nothing but green grass. Like, that's every little boy who's ever played football's dream. Like, this is just me in the end zone. And he wipes out. Like, 
there's nothing out there to trip on. There's no sprinkler. Like, he just eats it. And they eviscerated him in the news. I pulled a, a, a screen grab from the news the next day. We'll put that on the screen for you. They said this was the most embarrassing 80-yard run in NFL history. And this was his quote afterwards. I tried to run faster than I was running. <laughs> in the interview, he said, I was running as fast as I could. And then I just tried to run faster. And you saw that. Like, he was just so excited. And if you watch football, these guys will look up at the, at the teleprompter and they'll see themselves. And you know, he's like, yeah, everybody's watching this. Eats it. And it's really funny to me. I'm not a Giants fan, so it doesn't like make me feel bad. Um, but I think that quote is so relatable. I just tried to run faster than I was running. And uh, some of us in this room, for a long time, we've been going as fast as we possibly can. And we feel that pressure to run faster, do better, be more, go, go, go. And the pace of your life is just wildly out of balance. And it's funny to watch a game that doesn't really mean anything. It's a game. But in life, when you just take on too much, you try to do too much, it, it can have disastrous consequences, not just now, but, but later. And it's just the pace of life, more, more, more. I've got another image for you. We'll put it up on the screen. This is what I really think it's like. It's a rat race. If you've ever owned a, a gerbil or a hamster or one of those little smelly creatures, um, they run on that wheel for exercise, but they don't go anywhere. And I think life can be that way. Go, 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 go. But you're not really going anywhere. Hey, chase this. Run faster. Do more. Be better. You're not getting anywhere. The things that you're chasing, that the world's telling you to chase, are just empty. They're not really meaningful. They won't matter in five years, much less in eternity. Now, I want to kind of prove this concept out a little bit. I see some of the looks I'm getting. So a uh, little participation time. Everybody kind of shake it out, limber up. Here we go. We're going we're gonna to raise some hands. Raise your hand if you have ever felt like there's not enough hours in the day to accomplish everything you need to accomplish. Put them way up. Like I hope you put on deodorant. Look around. Okay, look around. Look. Okay, put them down. Raise your hand if you would say right now you have too much on your plate. Just, just put them up. Okay, less hands, but still a lot. Okay, number three. Raise your hand if you've ever had trouble saying no to someone or something despite the fact that you're already slammed. Put them up. Okay, again, look around the room. You're not alone in this. Last one. Raise your hand if now or at any point you just felt like you're drowning, like there's just so much. How in the world can I keep my head above water? Okay, look around. We're not alone in this. This is a reality. And I just want to say to you, I think there's a better way. I don't think Jesus calls us to this life of just like doggy paddling, trying to survive. Jesus wants us to thrive. He says that he's come that we could have life abundant, not just get by by the skin of our nose. If you've ever heard somebody say, I'll rest when I'm dead, that's the mentality that we're pushing back against. That is such a sad statement. I'll rest when I'm dead. There's no time to rest. My friend, if you don't make time to rest, and I'm talking to you, high school student, I'm talking to the adults in this room, I'm talking to myself, if we don't make time to rest and properly pace ourselves, you're going to eat it way worse than Daniel Jones did on national television. All right, so if you've got a handout tonight, let's, let's take some notes. Uh, number one, 
Christ's call is countercultural. Christ's call is countercultural. I did work very hard on the alliteration there, just for you. Here's the thing the world tells us go, do, be, strive. You've got to accomplish this, you've got to get this much done. And I just think that the call of Christ is countercultural. I don't think that he wants us caught up in that. Just because society says you have to do something doesn't mean that you do. Followers of Jesus originally weren't even actually known as Christians. They were known as followers of the way. And Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I just think there's a better way than going wide open 100 miles an hour all the time. If you read the Gospels, and I challenge you to do this, go read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And highlight, star, or underline. Every time you see Jesus purposely withdraw, it happens a ton. Now, sometimes Jesus stepped back with his disciples. Like there were crowds all the time looking for Jesus to do something for them, or they were interested in what he had to say. But very intentionally, Jesus will take his 12 closest friends and spend time with just them. And other times, he'll even send the people he's closest to further away down the road and say, I need to go be alone and rest with the Father. The next time you're reading through the Gospels, you'll see that. I promise you, Jesus made it a priority to rest and withdraw. Why do we think we're different? Why do we think we don't need to do what Jesus himself did? We've got to be willing to step back because his call is countercultural. Now, I'll tell you a little bit of a story. Uh, there was a megachurch pastor in Chicago named John Ortberg. Uh, he's not in Chicago anymore. He's at a different church. But his friend and mentor was a guy named Dallas Willard one of the most brilliant people who's ever lived. And John Ortberg called up his mentor, called up his friend, the way many of us have talked to a coach or a friend or a counselor or a mentor, and he asked him a very key question. The question was this, what do I need to do to become the me I want to be? What do I need to do to be the me I want to be? You've probably thought something similar. And the way John Ortberg tells the story is that Dallas Willard paused, and then he said, you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. That's your next fill-in on your handout tonight. I think that's one of the most brilliant things I've ever heard anybody say. You must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. John Ortberg thought that was genius too. He wrote it down and said, what else? Like, what else do I do? And after another pause, so the story goes, Dallas Willard said this, there is nothing else. Hurry is the great enemy of spiritual life in our day. You must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. High school student, hear me say this. You have a lot on your plate. I get that. I know that. And I'm not going to sugarcoat it or lie to you. When you leave high school behind and you move into whatever's next, college or the professional environment or whatever, it doesn't slow down. Ask your small group leader tonight. There's always going to be a lot going on. And one of my big pet peeves is when people say, sorry, I just didn't have time for that. No, 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 no. You chose to not make time. We will always make time for the things that are important to us. We just will. But what we do is we take on too much. And then we feel like we're drowning. We feel like there's not enough hours in the day. And what we've got to do is we've got to ruthlessly eliminate that hurry from our life. And that's a great quote from a great man who loved Jesus, but what I want to do now is actually look at what Jesus said. So if you've got a Bible, uh, we have some in the back if, if you want to grab one. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. 
And I'm going to do something tonight I very rarely do. Um, I want to read it from the message. Now, if you've got one of our house Bibles, it's NLT. That's what I normally use. I just love the way this is phrased. Uh, so Matthew 11, 28 through 30, I'll read it to you from the message. This is Jesus talking. He asks, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. We're going to leave that up for a second. What an incredible invitation. Hey, many of us raised our hand at the beginning and said, we're tired, we're worn out, we're at the end of our rope. And Jesus just invites us into something better. He says, come and live life with me. Watch me. See how I do it. Well, Kevin, Jesus isn't alive physically on earth. How do I do that? You get into your Bible and you see how he lived his life. He says, I'm not going to put anything heavy on you. There's this misconception out there, and honestly, even in here, that to follow Jesus means to jump through all these hoops and do all these steps and check off all these things on this list. And Jesus says, no, it's not a heavy burden. In fact, he was the harshest on people who tried to lay a heavy burden on people who just wanted to experience real rest. If you are one of those people who raised your hand and you don't know Jesus, you're like, man, I just, I can't seem to find what I'm looking for. It's Jesus. Like the Sunday school answer, it's Jesus. Like it really is. The rest you're looking for is not going to be found in some Eastern philosophy or your horoscope or balancing some inner... It's Jesus. He's the only one who can give you what you're looking for. So if you're tired and you're carrying those heavy loads, Jesus just invites you. I love that. The unforced rhythms of grace. What a, what a wonderful invitation. Now, having said all of this, I, I, I do want to confess that on Friday I was out for a run, Birch and I were out running, and I was just praying through this, thinking through this, and it occurred to me I'm talking a lot about the what, but not about the why. So I just want you to think about this for a second. Just why? Why are we so busy? Why are we running so fast? Why are we wiping out like this? I came up with a couple of thoughts. I think some of us are running from something. Like we, we welcome the busyness because to be still and alone with our thoughts would cause us to have to confront some things that we really don't like. How you can know if this is you is you always have the TV on, you always have your phone in your hand while you're watching TV, you always have to have music on, you always have to have something going. The thought of being alone and still and quiet freaks you out. You might be running from something. Or you're just addicted to distraction. Neither one of those is super, super healthy. The other thing I think more, more prevalent is I think we find a lot of our worth in our accomplishments. Hey, so I, I have to play three sports so I can letter, or I have to get this good of a, a level of grades to make my parents happy, so I have to stay up till 2 o'clock in the morning to do this. Or I have to have a social life. I have to do this. I have to, have to, have to, have to. And you think that at some point you'll just hit that magic moment and, and like, I've made it. I've crossed the finish line. You'll never cross that finish line. Like, you just won't. You will chase it and chase it and chase it until you're dead. Your worth is not determined by all the things you do. 
When you stand before Jesus one day, hey, every eye right here, look at me, everybody, adults, students, everybody, you will stand before Jesus one day. That's a reality. I don't believe that. Cool, it's still gonna happen. And he's not looking for a resume. He's not gonna be like, why should I let you in? Tell me all the things you did. That's not it. The only thing that matters is what did you do with Jesus? Did you believe he was Lord? Did you believe he was Savior? Did you trust him with your life? That's it. Not how much did you accomplish. I hope that you can get that. My last couple minutes, I want to give you four practical steps. Okay, We want to leave here and be able to put this into practice. If you ever go to any church ever, including here, and you walk away going, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do with that, you should ask some questions. So here's four very practical steps very quickly. One, prioritize Jesus. Prioritize Jesus. I'll just say this. For all of us in this room who feel busy, the first thing we often cut is Jesus. I just got so much homework. Sorry I couldn't come to youth group on Sunday, Kev. Nothing personal. I don't take it personal. But are you making Jesus a priority? I've got so much stuff I got to read for school tonight. I didn't have time to read my Bible. You chose not to make time to read your Bible. You got to prioritize Jesus. That's step one. Two, unplug from online. Unplug from online. Hey, if you want to have a better rhythm of grace and a better pace in your life, you got to stop looking at what everybody else is doing and feeling like you have to compare with them. You also might need to just turn off Disney+, Plus, Netflix, YouTube, whatever it is that's just soaking up your time, social media. Just unplug for a while. I really think that'll help your pace. All of us in this room who go, I just don't have time, check your screen time. I bet you have more time in your day than, than you think. Step three, set a Sabbath. Set a Sabbath. You're like, that sounds really old and boring and churchy. Um, that predates church, actually. If you were to go read the very beginning of the Bible, God worked for six days and rested on the seventh. Do you know why he did that? Not because he was tired or out of God powers. He did that to model for us what it means to rest. So a Sabbath is simply picking a time to abstain from work to abstain from busyness, to be intentionally and purposefully restful. I know that sounds oxymoronic, intentional and purposeful and rest, but if you don't make it a focus, you won't do it. Last practical step is this, just say no. You're like, this sounds like an elementary school drug presentation. Sure, yes, say no to drugs. Hear me say that, of course. Also, say no to some of the things people invite you to. You don't always have to say yes. We've developed FOMO, like if I don't go, I'll miss out on something awesome. If you do go, you might miss out on something better. Rest, time with Jesus, time to unplug and unwind. Some of y'all have got to start saying no to things. No, I can't hang out tonight. No, I'm not going to play this sport. No, I'm not going to, whatever. That's very practical, and it's hard. It's hard to say no to things, but it's a practical step. Last thing, the band's going to play a song. I want to recommend two resources to you. We'll put them up on the screen. Uh, the books To Hell with Hustle by Jefferson Bethke. Uh, you can take a picture of the screen or you can come take a picture of my book if you want. The subtitle, Reclaiming Your Life in an Overworked, Overspent, and Overconnected World. Highly recommend that to you. And then this one by John Mark Comer is The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, drawing from that quote we had earlier from Dallas Willard. Pick them up, check them out, read them. But whatever you do, Check your pace. Are you running too fast? Are you going to wipe out from all the stuff you got going on? Are you making time for Jesus, the only person 
who can grant you true rest. I'm going to pray, and the band's going to play. This is just a time for you to kind of evaluate, to pray, to talk with God. Hey, if you're here tonight and you're like, man, my heart's far from God. I don't know about this whole thing, but a lot of what you're saying makes a lot of sense. Talk to somebody. You can come talk to me. You grab any adult in this room, even if they look kind of scared to talk to you about Jesus, they will 100%. If you do know Jesus and you realize you're, you're way out of whack with your pace, tonight's a good night to get that set right. Let me pray for us. God, we confess that we've made a lot of things a priority and often pushed you to the side. Some of us have flat out ignored you. And my prayer tonight God, is that through your Holy Spirit, you'd begin to knock on the doors of some hearts. God, I know there's people in this room who don't have a relationship with you at all. I pray that you would show them that the rest that they crave, the rest that they need can only be found in you, that forgiveness, grace, life is found in your son, Jesus. For those of us who know you, but we don't make any time for you. We're too busy. We're stretched out. We're worn out. We're tired. We're exhausted. Would you just remind us that we can come back to you? Your mercies are fresh each morning. You love us, and you stand ready to grant us rest for our souls. Help us now to be still and know and remember and see that you are God and we are not. We love you. It's in Christ's name.